Greetings. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and I'm your host for these Bible study podcasts. Today we are continuing with our review of the key principles of effective Bible study based on a booklet of the same name available on our podcast page at biblestudy.asbzone.com. This podcast is inspired by the following Bible verse, 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So what is the goal of this series of studies? It's to help you obtain greater value from your Bible study and devotional sessions. These episodes are about 15 to 20 minutes each and focused on key principles that God teaches us through His Word. Most people know that Bible study is essential to the Christian experience, and many people realize that without prayer, Bible study is futile and unproductive. But there are other, less known principles that the Scriptures also teach us, and our goal is to present them to you. These will help you to see God's Word in a more expansive way and will assist you in becoming just like the noble Bereans of Acts 17, 10 through 12. Before we begin our study together, let us have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise your name that we have the word of God in our hands. We thank you, Lord, that we have this privilege, that we're able to study it, and that your Holy Spirit will give us wisdom and understanding. And we thank you, Lord, that we understand these principles that will help us to not come to erroneous conclusions and not rest the scriptures to our own destruction. Please be with us, guide us into all truth, and help us to rightly divide your words of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. We will be reading all of our verses from the King James Version of the Bible. Our topic for today the Bible is its own interpreter. The Bible is its own interpreter. What does that mean? It means that the key to understanding any given passage in the scriptures is to be found in some other passage of the scriptures. The meaning or definition or precept is to be found authoritatively somewhere within the pages of the Bible itself. And as we've previously discussed, it helps if you start your search from the beginning. There are many who primarily try to understand the Bible by means of external resources. By way of example, using modern dictionary definitions to prove that a Bible writer meant one thing or another is the wrong way to go about attempting to understand the Bible. It is the Bible which is the test of all understanding, not the other way around. If you want to know what a given word symbol, or instruction in the Bible means, then the proper place to search is throughout the rest of the scriptures to see how that symbol, statement, or instruction is used or applied. The Bible contains all of the information needed for us to decode its symbols, messages, and instruction because God clearly intended that it be our daily bread, a complete unit of study, and not just some random collection of individual and disconnected writings. By prayer, honest searching, and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, all of the Bible's treasures may be rightfully discerned. This is not to suggest that we cannot or should not use external resources such as Bible dictionaries and concordances 
as an aid to effective Bible study. Rather, we must understand that these other resources are not the ultimate source of defining what Bible words, symbols, and concepts mean. That is the role of the Bible itself. And to add to that, if you're going to use a dictionary, make sure you use a dictionary that is for the time of the writing that you're using. Now, we like the King James Version here. And there are a number of reasons, which we said we will discuss. There's an episode on that coming. But when you're looking at the English language as written in the 1700s, you'll want to make sure that you're going to use a dictionary, which is from that same time period, because word usage has changed. As an example, the word conversation has become very narrow today. Many words have become more narrow and more focused. But the word conversation today means speech, right? It's synonymous with speech. So when you say, hey, that guy has good conversation, it means the things he's talking about are good. He has bad conversation. The things he's talking about are bad. The words he's using are bad. But two, three, four hundred years ago, conversation was more uh, synonymous with deportment. It meant what you say, how you act, how you behave. It was a lot broader in its meaning. So when you look at the Bible and, and you read a verse that tells you that you ought to have good conversation and you open today's dictionary and you decide to look up that meaning, you will necessarily come away with a narrower view of what God intended you to understand than before. That is another reason, that is one of the the biggest reasons why we like the older English version, um, because the word usage is broader. That means that when meaning needs to be conveyed that is broad, it is easier to do so in the older English than it is in the more modern language, which narrows down the views and in whether directly, whether on purpose or inadvertently, waters down some of the, the requirements of God just by virtue of making them more narrow than they were originally um, intended. So let's look at some of our Bible verses. The Bible is its own interpreter. Isaiah 8.20 To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, It is because there is no light in them, right? So when you hear someone, when you're reading something, when you hear someone, when you see something, you look at what they say, no matter how awesome sounding it is, no matter how it seems thought-provoking, no matter how it appeals to the intellect, you look at it and you say, okay, does it match the Word of God? And you bring it up. And if it does not match the word of God, if the word of God contradicts it, if there are principles in the word of God that say opposite from what that is saying, then nope, that's not, that's not the right thing. Everything needs to be gauged against the law, the word of God. Additionally, when someone comes to you and says, they take a portion of the Bible and they say, that's what such and such means. And you look at the rest of the word of God and the rest of the word of God is opposed to that meaning. Then you say, hmm, as an example, and we will, we will tackle this in a later episode. Luke chapter 16 has a very interesting parable about the rich man and Lazarus. 
And many people will take that parable and run and say, ha ha, look at that. The dead go straight to their reward. But you look at the rest of the Bible, and the rest of the Bible has very plain precepts that say they don't. So you have to conclude that either the Bible is against itself, or there is a different way of interpreting that one passage that is at variance with many, many passages. Okay? So, important. Isaiah 28.10, we, we encountered this before, but again, these precepts are broad and, and will cover many of the key principles we discuss. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Right? That's exactly what it says. In order to figure out what the Bible is saying over here, you need to look in line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, yes, we need to study the word of God so that we understand how to align its precepts, how to, um, to determine what is literal from what is prophetic, from what is, uh, people like to say allegorical, but no, what are parables. Acts 17.2. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. So the Bible is its own interpreter. It can be reasoned. People have this idea that religion is something you just accept, right? Uh, and if you're in the wrong religion, I imagine, or if you're in the wrong brand of Christianity, I'm sure you just go to a church or or some sort of a temple or something, and people tell you what to believe, and you just accept that and go away. But that's not how the Bible works. That's not how the Old Testament or the New Testament. If you look at Deuteronomy 6, Moses gave the people instruction that the parents were supposed to diligently instruct their children, which means the parents had to know, right? It wasn't just the priests that had to, the, the, the parents had to know, right? Sure, the priests are there to instruct and to, and to guide and to teach, but the people are supposed to know. They're not just supposed to accept. They're supposed to know. These instructions are for each one of us. They're not just for the ministers. So we ought to know. When we hear something from a minister, we ought to know that what they've said matches the word of God. And we may not know straight out of memory, but we ought to be able to go back and look and say, well, here's what they said. Here's what I find in the word of God. When someone is coming and telling you the Bible says such and such, Make sure they give you references so you can go and look, right? If you don't know that, I mean, today we have the advantage of technology. If you remember part of what they said, you can do a phrase search in your uh, electronic Bible. But the premise, the point is, make sure that what is being said, you're not just accepting, but you're reasoning through using the word of God. The standard of understanding is the Bible, but you still need your brain. Acts 17.11, our friends the Bereans, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. So the Apostle Paul is the one who's preaching to them. And the folks in Thessalonica, obviously, they received the word with all readiness, but the Bereans were more noble because they received the word and searched 
the scriptures daily. They went and checked to make sure that what Paul was saying matched the scriptures. See that? And obviously the scriptures they had at that time, Old Testament. Acts 28, 23. And when they had appointed him a day, this is Paul again, there came many to him in his, into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. See that? You see which part of the Bible he's using? The law of Moses and the prophets. He's clearly in the Old Testament, because Moses is obviously not in the New Testament as a writer. And so he appointed the Jews while he was under house arrest in Rome, and they came and he showed them that Jesus Christ is in fact the Messiah from the word of God. Morning till evening, he did that study with them. Second Peter 3, 2 that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So Peter here is saying, you need to pay attention to the words that were spoken in the past by the prophets and also pay attention to us as apostles who are providing you command, commands, commandments from Jesus. And of course, the same rule applies, like Peter's not saying, hey, just because I said it, it's good. Obviously, you need to make sure that what Peter has said matches what the scripture says, okay? And, and, and certainly, when he was telling them this, this is what they needed to do. That's what the Bereans did with Paul. They heard what he said, but they also verified that it was in accordance with the scriptures. Bible is its own interpreter. So let's be mindful of that as we study and uh, make sure that we don't just accept things, no matter how cool they sound, no matter how prestigious the person that's telling you. Make sure that it matches the Word of God, and if it's in opposition to the Word of God, hmm, be careful. Right? People can make mistakes, but if they are teaching and emphasizing a doctrine that is opposed to the Word of God, according to Isaiah 8.20, it's because there's no light in them. Thanks for taking this time to study with us today. We encourage you to prayerfully review the booklet in conjunction with this recording. Let's close our study with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy and your goodness to us. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we have the privilege of being able to meet like this. We pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth as we study your word diligently each and every day. Help us not to just accept things because they sound great or that they appeal to our carnal hearts, but that we will actually match it up against the word of God and make sure that we are being taught truth. Please bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening in. And if you have any questions, be sure to send them to biblequestions at asbzone.com and we will do our best, by God's grace, to provide you with biblical answers to those questions. If you are finding these studies to be a blessing, please let us know all about it, and also share these studies with others. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you study His Word.